Well, when I was 17 years old, I spent an entire summer in Austria living with some family friends over there. It was so much fun, even though I didn't know a single word of German before I went over to this country and stayed in their little town called Moodling. And I had never traveled on my own before either. I had just graduated from high school. And this was also at a time in my life when at 17 years old, my parents still refused to get me a cell phone. But they sent me all the way around the world without one. And so I showed up to Austria, to this country I didn't know, with a language I could not understand. And I was 17 and trying to navigate Austrian trains and this German country by myself, all with just the help of a physical guidebook and a German translation book. So they, they really just sent me on my own with that one. But uh, one week I was there, uh, the Austrian dad that I was staying with, I was living with their family, they thought it would be a great idea for me to go go along to this scout camp that some of their family members were running. And I was like, sure, why not? This was a co-ed scout camp that was based at the foothills of the Austrian mountains. And I was going to be there for a week with people I had never met before in a place I had never been, surrounded by a language that I, not, I knew not even like one person of yet. So I was a little bit daunted at the idea of going to this camp. But the Austrian dad, he sent me with everything that he thought I would need, all the gear I would need, a sleeping bag, a backpack, boots, you name it. He prepped me for it all physically. I had the gear. I even had the right group of people, friendly Austrian scouts that were being trained to survive in the wilderness. And I even had the right guides, these scout leaders that were so lovely and acted like my translators at every moment of the day, slowly teaching me different key phrases in German so I could interact with other people a little bit better and engage with the activities. But y'all, I'm going to be real. It was a hard week. It was a very hard week because there was so much I just didn't understand. Although I love being there, I loved camping and learning new real-life skills. I loved being in this beautiful scenic location with these amazing people. And had I stayed there longer than just a week, I would have probably become fluent in German and scout skills, but instead I just got a little taster. But I was thinking of that experience that I had of being at the foothills of the Austrian mountains surrounded by people speaking a different language, and and that experience of being there and wanting to engage but not knowing how is very similar to what it can feel like when we open up the Bible sometimes. It can feel daunting and confusing and like it's a different language that we've never heard before. And last week, Frosty really stressed the importance of being in God's house and being in God's word. But what if you don't really know how to engage with God's word? What if you've got yourself a new Bible this year and you really want to engage just like I was at that scout camp, but I was surrounded by these German-speaking teenagers and I just didn't fully know how? Because reading the Bible can be compared to like climbing a mountain. See, a lot of people will look at the mountain and they'll just say, oh, that looks like too much effort. And so they never even step foot on the mountain. Or some people, they want to engage and they start climbing up, but then they get a little bit lost and confused at all the signage. And so they back their way down. But climbing the mountain is so, so important because truly diving into the Bible can enrich and expand your life in ways that you don't even know. And you can actually have the most enriching, life-altering experience on this mountain and make it to the top where you see the most beautiful view and the big picture of what God is saying if you truly commit to diving in. And so I'm calling this message this morning, Mastering the Mountain. 
If you're a note taker, you can write that down. We also have it, digital notes in our app. Mastering the mountain. Why should we even care about mastering this mountain called the Bible? Why is it so important and fundamental to our faith as believers? How can this 2,000-year-old book still be relevant for us today? Well, because it's not just a book. In fact, it's more like a library, this beautiful collection of books from 40 different writers written over a period of about 1,500 years, yet every single writer was inspired by God to put pen to paper to either record down historical events that were going to be of significance, to record down poetic verses that really captured the human emotion of what was happening, to write out God's plan for his people, to record down wisdom for future generations, to let people know what God was doing at a certain point in time and what he was going to do in the future, to record down the words and the life of Jesus, who is the son of God, and even to instruct believers and the churches on how to go after God's best for them. But in essence, This whole library, this collection of books just tells this epic love story between God and humanity. And it's this beautiful relationship that is entwined within every single page. And it's important to us because he invites all of us to be a part of that same relationship, to be a part of this story. See, humanity has made a lot of mistakes along the way. And we continue to. And will continue to, but the Bible actually helps us avoid some mistakes and avoid some pitfalls in our lives so that we can strengthen our relationship with God. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. The Bible is in every way the lamp that we all need as we navigate this thing called life. It's if we truly want to master this mountain, we have to recognize the importance of the Bible in our lives and not just think of it as something like an add-on to what we do here at church, but really it needs to be fundamental to who we are as believers. Because let me ask you this. Do you plan to survive in this life on only one meal a week? Like that would be outrageous, right? If you genuinely just wanted to eat one meal a week and believe that you were going to be sustained throughout the week, yet so many believers actually live by this false assumption that going to church once a week or even once every few weeks is going to be enough to sustain their faith. My friends, it's, it's simply not enough. We actually need more than just one pre-prepared meal once a week. If we truly want to master this mountain, Your soul needs that spiritual sustenance to engage with it throughout the week, not just once on a Sunday. But let's say you do engage with the Bible outside of a Sunday. That's awesome. But are you just snacking? Are you just getting, you know, that that daily text or that daily notification from the Bible app saying, here's your verse for the day? Because snacks also won't sustain you. But maybe you are picking it up and you're eating a full meal, but really you only dabble in one to two food groups. Look, as a mom, I make sure that my son is getting a full palate, experiencing all the different food groups, and not just developing a preference for all the sweet things or just a preference for all only fruit. Why? Because I know that he actually needs vegetables, and he needs iron, he needs protein, he needs carbs, he needs dairy. All of it creates this well-rounded, nutritious, healthy, thriving child. Look, the New Testament, it might be your favorite. I get it. Or maybe you have a sweet tooth for Psalms or Proverbs. (laughs) But you need more variety on your plate 
More variety in your diet for balanced nutrition as a believer. See, even though the the history of the Old Testament or the laws or the prophetic books might not be your go-to option of biblical food, you still need them on your plate because it adds to the overall nutrition of you as a believer. To master the mountain of the Bible is to engage with all of it, even the parts that make you uncomfortable, even the parts that you initially disagree with until you understand God's heart behind it. Because actually all of it, every single scripture helps us understand more of God's heart. And it helps us to recognize his voice clearly so that we can see him in our day-to-day lives. And all of it helps us understand the bigger picture for humanity, which allows us to have a much wider perspective on our daily battles and our daily challenges. See, every believer should have a desire to master this mountain. But I want you to do it this year with the right gear, the right group, and the right guide. Because it can be hard. I get it. I've been there. And we need all three to keep ourselves from getting discouraged and quitting too soon. So let's talk about those three things in a bit more detail. Because my heart for our church is that we would take great joy in mastering this mountain. That we would take great joy in engaging with scripture beyond just a Sunday. Beyond the bite-sized pieces that I chew up and spit out to you here from, you know, the sermon. I want you to engage with it beyond a Sunday. With the right group of people that can help you climb this mountain. And with the right guide that can show you God on every single page. Because this is a mountain that we will spend our entire lives climbing as believers. But here's the beautiful thing. Is it's such an amazing, wonderful mountain that you'll never fully take the same path twice. There's so much more of it to discover. And God can bring fresh revelation and fresh insight every single time you open the page, no matter how old you are, no matter how many times you have read it, no matter how experienced of a climber you might be. So let's talk about our gear first. You need the right gear. And the right gear for you might be different from the right gear for somebody else. And that's okay. What do I mean? Well, we all learn differently. It has been scientifically proven that we have different learning styles that help us retain information better. And so you need to know how you learn best if you want to actually pick up the right gear for this mountain. So I want to go through some of these learning styles because maybe you're trying to engage with scripture in the way that your friend does, but actually you don't learn in the same way that your friend does or the same way that your spouse does. So here's my first question is, are you a reader and a writer? You're a reader and a writer. If you are, reading information or writing things down is so helpful to you. And if that's you, then you need some of the basic things in your toolkit, like a notebook, pens, highlighters. But guess what? That's not in everybody's toolkit, but it should most definitely be in yours. You're also the type of person to love a physical devotion book with daily readings and a journal to record your thoughts about what God is saying to you. And it's also usually our readers that thrive on biblical commentaries that can be found on places like Bible Gateway, Blue Letter Bible, gotquestions.org, or Enduring Word, just to name a few. You could deep dive into biblical research to your heart's content as you make all the connections in scripture. So, If you are a reader and a writer, is that you? Raise your hand. Were you engaged? Okay. See, most people don't actually engage with this style. They actually need other ways to retain information. How about this? Are you a visual learner? If that's you, you should find a study Bible that includes relevant maps and charts that help you visualize what you're reading so you can see the story playing out on the pages. 
you love highlighters and post-it notes and color coding because it helps you connect the dots. When you can see things pop out to you in that way, even better, save the BibleProject.com as a favorite tab on your computer or subscribe to them on YouTube because they've made the most creative, captivating visuals, illustrated, I mean, not illustrated, voiced over by theologians that actually explain every single book in scripture and key themes. And someone like you who's a visual learner who's just diving into the Bible actually might find this unexpected delight in picking up something like the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yes, it's a kid's Bible, but with these beautiful illustrations and written in such a simple way that it helps reignite your love for scripture and see the overall story. I have that book for Boston. I've read this Bible fully through with him twice. It is so beautiful, and it might be the very thing to just reignite your love for scripture if you're more visual. So who are my visual learners? You need to see it. More of you. Okay. Or are you an auditory learner? Now, that means you do really well listening to sermons like this one. You can take information in by simply hearing it being said, but not everyone can engage with a spoken message like you can. But if you can take things in audibly, that is really powerful for your learning. And the YouVersion Bible app, I believe Frosty mentioned it last week, but there's a little button on there where you go into scripture. It looks like a megaphone. You push it. It'll read it out loud to you while you are driving or washing dishes, whatever it may be. But even more powerful is still picking up your own Bible and reading it out loud to yourself. If you're finding it hard to engage, simply read it out loud to yourself, and that might help with your processing. Podcasts should also be in your gear list, like the Bible Recap, which we have mentioned many times. But it's a brilliant way for you to enhance your learning. Who are my auditory learners? You need to hear it. Okay, cool. And what about this? Are you a kinesthetic learner? Now, that sounds like a fancy word. Maybe you've heard it before, but it basically means you learn by doing. You learn a lot through personal experience, putting things into practice, working through examples, or even simulating a story. So that means actually coming up with real-life examples of how you can apply what you're learning. You need to know how this word applies to your current reality and then actually put it into practice. You learn by doing. Now, it might mean, if we're going to talk about really simple ways, is imagining the scene in a Bible play out with pictures or 3D models like what kids have, a physical nativity set, you know, at Christmas. That's a kinesthetic way of learning is actually seeing it, the story play out and learn by doing. So who are my kinesthetic learners? You need to just walk it out. Yeah, okay, cool. Now, those are the four most common styles of learning. But research has discovered that there's actually four other key ways that people learn too. Maybe you're a logical or analytical learner. You love to see the connections, the causes, and the patterns and things. For you, books on apologetics are your friend. They should be in your gear list and maybe even a chronological Bible that sees the whole story play out in a certain time frame. Or maybe you're a social, linguistic learner. These people love some group projects and participating in discussions like in an ELC classroom and engaging with the word. If that's you, studying the Bible with your friends, being in a small group, or even in that classroom setting is where you will thrive when you can socialize over the, that conversation around scripture. But on the other hand, maybe you're a solitary learner, the opposite, where you actually need to process things on your own, in your own space, not in a conversation with people. And if that's you, you need a journal or a devotion book so that you can process your own thoughts because when you're alone, that's when you hear God the clearest. And the last style of learners are those that love to be in nature. And maybe your gearless needs the classic Kiwi slip, slop, slap 
of a hat, sunscreen, and shoes to get out into nature where you can read the Bible outside or listen to it while you go on a hike because being outdoors opens up your mind and your heart to what God is trying to show you. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that there's so many different styles of learning, and it's important not to compare how you learn scripture to how somebody else does. If you're trying to engage in, a, in scripture in a way that somebody else is doing it and it is so hard for you and you just feel like you're hitting a wall, maybe your learning style is different. So take a different approach, pick up some different gear and climb the same mountain. Look, when King Saul wanted David to wear his armor when he was about to go face Goliath and David put it on, he realized this doesn't fit me right. This is not how I need to fight this giant named Goliath. And he took that armor off because he recognized he was called to fight that giant in a different way than King Saul was. We all have different armor that we put on, different gear we need to pick up to climb the same mountain. So discover what your style of learning is and then lean into that this year. And I promise it will make scripture a whole lot easier for you. Next, you need the right group, because yes, you are meant to climb this mountain with other people. We weren't created to do life alone, so why should we try to master this mountain on our own? Wouldn't it be much better if we could grow together and climb together on this mountain? You see, someone once said, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And I don't know about you, but in this life and on this mountain, I, I want to go far, and so that means I'm going to climb with other people because other people are going to bring different insights that maybe I didn't pick up on in the first time. Now, Darcy, but what about the solitary learners, the people like to be on their own? Can they go on their own? No, sorry. <laughs> it is still much safer and better with a group. Look, solitary learners, you can still process on your own, but you should not ignore God's plan for the church because the church is a part of God's plan. The church is actually called the bride of Christ. It's who he's coming back for when he comes again. But you might be thinking, well, church is messy, and I don't like being around other people. Guess what? Church is made up of messy people, yourself included, okay? We're all a little bit messy, but we're all supposed to climb this mountain together. We are called to be a part of a community. So even if you learn best on your own, you still need to ground yourself with people and then go have time away where you can process and be your introverted self. I get it, okay? We can't figure it out all on our own, but we can figure out so much more if we're climbing with other people because it's people that bring new ways of thinking about the same scripture. It's people who are gonna help you pick yourself up after you fall over a stumbling block. It's people who can redirect you back onto the right path when you've wandered off too far. It's people who can encourage you to take another step of faith when you feel like you just wanna quit. It is people who can recognize when you are struggling, when you're starting to get shaky in your faith, and they can be the ones to help you go up further on the mountain. Again, it's so much harder to quit when you're with the right group of people. But if you choose to go solo up this mountain, the enemy can talk you down or push you down real quick. It is safer and wiser to travel in a pack. So that means figuring out your gear list and then finding out, fig figuring out how you can find others that learn in a similar way. Why? Because digging into scripture with somebody that makes connections in the same way will help you piece it together more. Whether that's talking with them after, you know, the Sunday service finishes and you go into the cafe and you unpack what God was saying to you through this message. Or maybe you meet up with some friends over coffee or with a small group in their lounge or talking with your spice, oh, spice, spouse, spouse, keep it spicy by talking about the Bible. <laughs> but you talk with them about scripture if you guys learn in similar ways. <laughs> and then finally, finally, you need the right guide. 
Now, your first thought for guide might be, well, Darcy, are you my guide? Is Frosty my guide? Is it a mentor, a small group leader, or Tara Lee Cobble from the Bible Recap? (laughs) All those people are helpful and valuable to have with you on the mountain, but they shouldn't be your sole and primary guide. They can help you discover parts of the mountain, but really, the right guide, the one that we need, is the one that Jesus sent to us when he ascended into heaven. You see, in John 15, 26, Jesus said, the helper will come, the spirit who reveals the truth about God and who comes from the father. I will send him to you from the father and he will speak about me. The helper that we need, the guide that every single one of us needs on this mountain is the Holy Spirit who will reveal to us the truths about God in every single line of scripture. It's the Holy Spirit who can direct us to particular passages that we are needing to read that day. It can be the Holy Spirit who can bring the word alive for us, point us to the right group of people that we can journey with on this mountain. We need the Holy Spirit as our guide. Because God knew that even after Jesus came, who is the Son of God, even after he came and his life was recorded, his ministry was recorded and written down, he knew we were going to need a helper to understand it all, okay? And that helper we need is the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Isn't that so reassuring to us? In moments when we're engaging with Scripture, we're like, I don't get it. God's saying, don't fear. I'm going to help you. I will help you understand. Because the mountain can be hard at times. It can be hard to figure out, okay, how do I apply this to my life? What does it mean for me? But God takes us by the hand, and he says, I'll help you. It's okay. We can go at whatever pace you need to go at. God's not in a rush. He just wants to engage with you every single day. And it's so good to have this guide with you in the moments when you realize, hey, maybe I don't have the right gear that I need. I've been trying to learn in the same way my friend does, but it's not helping me. The Holy Spirit can actually show you what gear you need to pick up so that you can embrace it easier. The Holy Spirit can be the one to tell you, hey, you're actually climbing with the wrong group of people. Those people, they're going to actually drag you off the mountain instead of pull you up it. You might need to let them go, and I'll show you who the right people are that can climb with you. We all need the Holy Spirit, and we need to remember the words in Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, where it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. See, even when you think you're ill-equipped to engage with this, because maybe you've tried so many times, and you're like, Darcy, I just just can't. When you think you're ill-equipped, or when you think you're alone on the climb because maybe you haven't yet made friends in church, you can know with confidence that the Lord has already gone ahead of you. He is already preparing the pathway for you. You just need to trust him and trust that the Holy Spirit who dwells within believers can show you and light up the path so that you can find your way. But it all starts with truly trusting him. LJ, you can join me on keys. Now, before you ever even step foot on this mountain, and what I mean is before you even open the pages of scripture, it's really important to ground yourself in why you're engaging with it in the first place. Because the Bible is not a book that you just pull off your bookshelf and read a chapter of just to read something or just to learn something. But when we're opening this up, we're trying to engage with the heart of God. And we're trying to understand what his plan is for us and what he wants to say to us in a moment. And so we, won't, we don't pick it up and just read it for the sake of reading a few lines to tick a box one day, but we should open it up and say, God, what do you want to show me today? You know, I love the question that Tara Lee Cobble from the Bible Recap asked in every single podcast. She says, what is your 
God shot for today. And what she means is, where is God in the story? Because oftentimes, as humans who are innately selfish, we're trying to look for ourselves in every single story. We want to see ourselves as the protagonist and where we play out. But really, we should be opening up scripture and saying, God, where are you in this? God, what is your heart in this? God, I might not understand these laws, but can you show me your heart behind these laws? Could you show me your heart in this moment? Because every single time we pick up scripture, we should be aiming to grow in our intimacy with him, to grow in our relationship with him. Because here's the beautiful thing about this mountain analogy is that as you actually engage more and you climb a bit higher and you gain more confidence, you gain more trust with your guide, eventually you reach the top of a mountain where, what do you see at the top of the mountain? The best view, right? You see the bigger picture when you look down. When you look down on that car that you drove in to get to the base of the mountain, it looks so small now that you're up at the top, right? That's what scripture can do for you is it can elevate you to this level of intimacy with God where you look back on your problems in life and you see how small they are in comparison to his plans for you. But you need to grow with him in order to reach that position where you say, I get it, God, you can sort that out because I see the bigger picture. I see there's more at play here. But when I was down there, that seemed so big. But now that I'm up here with you, now that I'm engaging with you on this new level, and I'm trying to find your heart and your character in every story, I I see there's more going on. So I'm going to trust you in this, and I'm going to be patient and know that you're going to sort it out. You know, I used to be the type of person that would always set New Year's resolutions and goals and write it all out and have this plan of what I was going to achieve throughout the year because I am an overachiever. To everybody else in the room, I see you. But I realize that sometimes you enter different seasons of life. And I've entered a season of being a mom of a toddler who's also pregnant and going to have another baby in four months. And look, if I were to set some goals and New Year's resolutions right now, I would just feel a bit guilty and I would not be able to hit many of them. So instead, I'm embracing this new season and going at a slower pace, and I've just decided to have one word for this year. I know some people do this. That's what I'm doing this year. And my word for this year is to rediscover. This is the word that God has given me as I'm about to climb this mountain again. Because it's a mountain that I've climbed before. I've read the Bible before. I know the Bible. I don't know all of it because you can never really know all of it. But I'm going to climb it again, and I want God to help me rediscover different parts of this mountain, different parts of scripture. I want him to highlight them to me in new ways that I can see what he's saying to me in this season of my life. I want to rediscover the learning styles that brought me to God in the first place. I want to rediscover this scripture through the eyes of my kids as I go at a slower pace than before. And it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for years and read the Bible more times than you can count. There is always more to discover on this mountain. So never assume that you know it all, because we never will. And if you need a word for 2023, use mine, rediscover. If you're new to this whole faith thing and you've never actually read this, maybe just go with discover for the first time. But I'm praying that this is a year where we as individuals will pick up this Bible with excitement, where we won't pick it up thinking it's something that we have to do, but we pick it up saying, man, God, I get to engage with your scripture. How cool is it that God wrote all of this down for us so that we could engage with this in a whole new way. It is the living, breathing word of God that is so relevant for you today. 
I pray that we could all find the right people to climb with, that learn in similar ways, that will actually bring Scripture alive for us when we sit down and we have a conversation with them and go, wow, I never thought about it that way, but man, it all makes sense now. It's connecting it together. I hope this is a year where every single one of us, when we pick up this Bible, that we're engaging with the Holy Spirit who dwells within us as believers and saying, God, would you show me you in this story? And in the process, we discover a lot about ourselves, but it's not about discovering us. It's about discovering Him. And if you don't know what to pray when you open it up, how about you start with Psalm 119, verse 18. If you haven't written anything down, because maybe you're not a reader writer, write this down or take a photo if you're more visual. But maybe this is a good scripture to put on a little bookmark that you put in your Bible this year that says, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. If you pray that, I know the Holy Spirit will actually help open your eyes so that you can see the wonderful truths in His instructions. You know, I've mentioned a lot in here about different learning styles and different resources that might help you. Join our Facebook group. I'll put up a post later this afternoon where we can talk about those different learning styles. And if that's you, you might have resources that you could recommend to other people that made scripture come alive for you. Put it on the Facebook group in this chat. If you're not in there, join it. And if when it says, how long have you been attending, please tell us because we want this to be a group of people that are actually our local church community and not people from other countries trying to join our group, which happens every week. But we want it to be our, our local people. So let us know and that helps us approve requests way faster. But let's have a conversation about this and let's find our people, let's get the right gear, let's get the right group and let's go with the right guide. And I promise you, if you actually step foot on this mountain, you'll realize that scripture is so exciting. It's not boring. There's so many crazy, wonderful stories in here that you don't even know are in there yet, but God's gonna show it to you if you let him. And he's gonna show you where he is in every single page and through that whole process, you're actually gonna discover his plans for you, which are so beautiful and so, so good. So can I pray for y'all as I close today? God, I thank you so much that you are a good God who knew that we would need it all written down so that we could engage over 2000 years later, so that we could understand the stories of the past, the stories of your son, Jesus Christ so that we can know with certainty that you have gone before us and you've made the pathway clear so we can know with certainty that you sent us your helper, the Holy Spirit, to dwell within us as believers so we could go with confidence and we could climb this mountain with assurance that you're gonna help us every single way. So God, right now, would you open our eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions this year? I pray that this is a year where every single person that is sitting in this room today would get a new, fresh excitement for your word, would get this new, fresh revelation from you every single day as they open up these pages. God, I pray that this would be a year where we could be growing and climbing to greater heights with you so that we can see the bigger picture at play and realize that you've actually got everything under control. So God, would you bless our time with you as we sit in your word this year. In Jesus' name, amen.